When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for having me, Joe. Hi, welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Thank you for having me, Joe. You're welcome. You know, you sound happy, but I don't think you should be. Well, here's the thing. So we're going to we're going to obviously calculate the NFL happiness rankings, yeah. which we have not done. We have no. you're, you're, we're going to do it. This is very exciting. You're going to do it basically in real time. In as real we time. We're going to do it games. live. We're going to yeah. do it live and in real time. But I'll and tell you, I'll tell you that I I know I, you. I can, you had a I know week. already. I know already that I had a bad week because I felt on Monday I felt like Ugh, that wasn't good, and then <laughs> last night the Cowboys won, and I was like, Ugh, like what a terrible way! Like it was there was a, th- this is why this kind of crude system we have determined and and uh, explicated is great because it's, great. it's like it. I I think that you um, can tell on the at the end of a Sunday and yes. at the end of a Monday whether you are pleased with the way that NFL football unfolded. <laughs> And the happiness score just tells you how happy or unhappy you are and should be. And I, I'm guessing that it's going to match up pretty well. That's what it, with that's how what I felt. You know, that's what I love about it. I think that that you, the way you feel is like, ah, you know what, this was a pretty good week. And then you look at the happiness score, and it's like, ah, plus eighteen. Yeah, it was like a decent. Yeah, week. it was like fine. It was fine. And, and if and if it feels better or worse than you anticipated it feeling, that means you need to adjust your team rankings a little exactly bit. That's right. why the adjustments are so good. I remember reading Bill James's explication of war. And yes. what he said at one point, I'm, not, I'm sorry, it was wind shares, which is wind the shares. old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. His, his system. Right. And so what he said about the wind shares system at one point was he was explaining the math. The book is incredibly nerdy. I mean, oh, even is. for Bill it's James, great. it's like it's the nerdiest great. thing. It's 200 pages of math in the yeah. middle of it. Yeah. And, and what he says at one point, I remember this very clearly, is he says, like, so why did I do it this way? Well, because it works. Yes. Because when you, because it was a little bit of trial and error in terms of what, how to weight things and this way and that way or whatever. But when he got his system and he ran it through and he looked at who had the highest wind share totals per year and in their yes. career, it was the people that you would kind of expect to have the highest yes. wind share totals. And so that indicated to him, and it's a little bit, it seems a little bit like it begs the question, but I, I don't think it actually does. It's like, yeah, well, if you get a system, that when you execute it gives you the results that you would have anticipated you would get, that probably means, in some cases at least, that it's a pretty high-functioning system. And I the, think that our NFL happiness rankings are that. Yes, I think it is. And, and of course, people continue to send us suggestions on what we can do to improve it. Uh, there is one suggestion I'm going to make at the end of this that's that okay. uh, you added 
the wonderful double down right. last week, uh, which uh, which is uh, I think a, a brilliant addition to it. And I'm going to add one Great. this week. So love so it. We should things. be adding something or changing something every week. <laughs> every single week, <laughs> of course, of course. So so we have the uh, happiness system, and we are going to go through it game by game. And mm -hmm. uh, as we are going, you are going to talk and I'll punch it into the system so that at the end of the day, I can tell us exactly how happy we should be based on. Great. These. So you're going to name the game. I will say off the top of my head, whatever I think about those teams, that game, anything, yes. any observations and, and about the cities they play in, yes. you'll, and then you'll <laughs> give us the answer. Okay, great. Exactly. I love this. And I have started already. So, so we don't even have to stall in the first couple. Okay. All right. So the Thursday night game was Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Uh, that was a minus 13 game for you because you, game. Uh, you have the uh, Browns uh, as among your, your least favorite teams. And uh, it was a plus nine game for me, but I will say it didn't, the, the, the Browns won. Didn't feel like it. It didn't feel like a plus nine. It yeah. like, it, I was like, I, I don't want the Browns to lose. Like, I don't want that city. You know, I'm, that's where I'm from. It's, I've got a lot of history there. Uh, I don't want the Browns to lose, certainly not to the Steelers. But I, I can't say I was plus nine happy after that game. I don't know what I can do with the Browns unless I just throw the Browns out of my system entirely. You know, that's, yeah, I, I, that's I, the thing. And you can't, obviously, you, can't. you have yeah. to rank all 32 teams. I think I moved the Browns a little too low because they were in minus 15 for me, right? I yeah, think they were they just were, above the Cowboys. I mean, it was, a, it was a plus nine game for you against the Steelers, who you despise. Who I don't like. Yeah. But I so I, but I had moved the Steelers up because I was convinced by some of my Steeler-loving friends yes. that I shouldn't have them so low. But they they were hitting you with, with non-emotional arguments. I, I, yeah, I know. So I think I moved the Steelers a tad high, and I yep. moved the Browns a tad low because I was upset at the, at the outcome, but I would have preferred it be a negative two or something yeah it wasn't a, a negative nine. yeah it yeah. wasn't so, a negative nine that's that's an adjustment that needs to be made again okay the new orleans carolina game uh which was uh won by the by the panthers uh that was a minus eight game for you wasn't really eight, yeah minus eight because you really don't like the uh the well, you like the Saints, which is kind of interesting. I like the Saints because I like New Orleans. And yeah, I, I like New Orleans I, too, but I don't like the Saints. And then it was a minus five for the Panthers. You don't like the Panthers. Um, I added as the Panthers as a uh, plus six because uh, I live there. And then minus one for New Orleans. So it was a plus seven game for me. So I got seven happy points. Maybe. I mean, I think that's probably legit. I didn't you get negative. Eight. No, I did, not, did not, get not get negative. negative. I Because this is the part of the problem here is that there are probably 16 teams that would all be zeros for right. me. That's right? right. That's that's right. So that, there's some adjustment that needs to be there. Cause I, yeah, but I don't think, but I, but I, frankly, I don't think we're, we're, we're never going to get to that point. No. Like part of the happiness scale is to invest. I think in teams that normally we wouldn't care at all about. Well, it's to, yeah, it's to find reasons, right? So yes. I found a reason to have the saints plus whatever they were, which is that I love new Orleans. I think yes. New Orleans is a great city. And I and I think that their Super Bowl victory post Katrina was like a was a it was, was like a rare a yeah. rare sports moment that but, where you can really then, be happy for but a then franchise. The bullying and the and the, yeah no the like no they were like they were no they that, that was the, that was the Dolphins. they were the they were the <laughs> setting uh, they were they were targeting uh, targeting uh, yeah, yeah, bounties the, the bounties yeah. 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 But also, was that real? And how how real was it? And how serious? <laughs> it's like it's one of those NFL scandals where it's like, oh, everyone looks terrible. Goodell yeah. looks terrible. The league is terrible. The players are terrible. The owners yes. are terrible. The coaches are terrible. <laughs> so, uh, but the key, we don't care about any of that. What we care about is the happiness. Rankings. That's right. That is correct. And I would say that the Saints are probably 
what did I have them? Plus five. I had them. You had a plus five. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably a rabbit. But no, I don't. Plus three. I, I, plus three. Plus three. Minus five. Yeah, see, I, I, you don't I couldn't feel care minus less. Five. That's right. You don't I don't feel, feel minus, minus five, five about the Panthers. I feel nothing about the Panthers. So <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm exactly. actually not going to adjust. I'm going to leave that alone because who cares? <laughs> All right. Houston, Chicago uh, is a big, big moment for us. What a bunch of terrible games we had this oh, yeah, weekend. No, it, was, it was a bad game. But Houston, Chicago was a plus four game for you, uh, and which you, you won with the Bears winning. And uh, for me, it was a plus 23 game because... Whoa, you doubled down. I, no, it was plus 46 oh. when you doubled down. It was plus 23. I had the Bears all the way up at, because... Oh, because you were going to watch this was my This was my Bears week. So I went to the Bears game uh, and, and watched it with friend of the podcast, um, uh, Jeff Garland, uh, which was uh, very entertaining and enjoyable. And I wrote about this. You can see this over at JoeBosanski.com, but I am going to tell the story because it's so delightful. I brought my younger daughter, uh, Katie, to the game. She It is her first, was her first NFL game. She mm-hmm. was very excited. She decked out in Bears uh, gear. We went and sat with Jeff, which, of course, Jeff has great seats there. So we were surrounded by all of these people who have had tickets like since they've played at Wrigley Field, right? Like right. you're surrounded by, oh, my grandfather got these tickets and this and that and the other. So we were truly at the in the heart of Chicago football, uh, which was wonderful. And and we were sitting there and and people were drunk out of their mind, but 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 happy drunk because of course they end up winning. But before the game begins. Katie, uh, you know, we get her some food, she's eating, and then the hot dog guy comes by. Mm-hmm. And the hot dog guy says, uh, hey, hot dog's here. And he was very loud. He was a very loud vendor. Um, and Jeff calls him over, brings a hot dog. And I say to Katie, Katie, you want a hot dog? She says, I do. Jeff's like, yeah, give her a hot dog. He gives her a hot dog. And Katie says to the vendor, uh, can I have some ketchup? And the vendor very loudly says, you want ketchup? You, are you saying you want ketchup? And then he holds the ketchup packet, which he has, by the way. Mm-hmm. So not the only person to ask for ketchup. Holds the ketchup packet over his head and says, okay, here's your ketchup. And everybody in the stadium starts booing Katie. Every single person in the stadium boos Katie. Now, this is where I take a moment of pride as a father. My my both of my daughters are remarkable people, very little to do with me, nothing to do with me. They're both great kids. They're just they're smart and they and they do the right things and they're good people and all that. But here is my proud moment. I I didn't have anything to do with that. Katie in the middle of getting, I mean, booed, mm-hmm. seriously booed laughing hysterically thought it was the funniest thing she <laughs> had her. ever heard she thought this was the greatest funniest thing ever and i fantastic that's a, that's a, that is the right rea- that's the reaction he wants that's the it, right it was certainly what he wanted it's he what wanted it was her- intended it was not intended to be like i'm no, going to drive you out of here in no, tears no no, no 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 it was intended for her to be to enjoy it but it was shocked to her. She was unaware of this anti check uh, ketchup. How would she know stance. about what you do? What you put on a hot dog in Chicago? No one can know that. No That's way. how you learn it. You That's... learn it by ordering it and getting booed. So I I read that piece, which I do, which was delightful, and 
uh, it reminded me of the first time I ever went to New York and took the subway. Okay. I was probably, I was, I think I was in college, maybe. I, I had been in New York before. I'd never taken the subway. Okay. I think I was in college. I don't remember where I was going, but I was like very lost and confused. How do you get, you know, in those days, I think you, you like put coins and still put co- <laughs> like tokens into the thing. And I got on the, I was on the, it was a crowded subway car, sort of rush hour-y. And I was sitting in like a small, like a two-person bench that was right near the door. And this woman with a with seventy shopping bags <laughs> sat down next to me and was kind of like just crunching me to to like in like pushing me like without saying anything it was just like I was just like cowering you know and she go and she looks at me and goes move over and I was already had moved over but she was like move over and I said uh, I, I I'm trying I'm I'm just a little cramped here and she went. Oh, you're cramped? Are you cramped here? And she turns around to the crowded car and she goes, Hey, this guy's cramped. He's a little cramped over here. And people kind of like chuckle and whatever. She didn't say, Welcome to New York, as the vendor did say, Welcome to Chicago. But that's what was she, that's what she that's was what doing. She was, that was her she, intention. She was yes. Absolutely <laughs> identifying me correctly as a person who had never been on the subway in New York and was just giving me a baptism. And I and I remember the feeling uh, and being like, this is great. I know. This is what I, I'm so happy right now. Like, it made me so happy. It made me feel like a real New Yorker. It felt yes. like I was like, this is it. I can live here now. I can be here. I'm a part of this city because I've been screamed at by an elderly woman with a bunch of shopping bags on the subway. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. And it it, it speaks to you and, and how you felt about that. And that's how I felt with Katie. She mm-hmm. that's exactly how she took it. She took it like, oh my gosh, this is an experience I'm gonna remember forever. I'm yep. being booed at Soldier Field for oh. putting ketchup on my hot dog. Yeah, she'll and, remember that for the rest of her life. Oh, It'll be great. So great. So great. So big, huge win for me. 46 point win on my double down. Wow. Uh so I basically my happiness week is secured. Yeah, you're uh, good. You you've got some issues. All right, so now I've got I'm going to be keeping this up as we go. Okay. So we got uh, here's a big one. We got uh, Kansas City, Indianapolis, which of course big upset as the Colts I mean, win. This this is why football's dumb. The can first of all, Kansas City had like three or four touchdowns they should have scored oh in that game. Oh my gosh, yes. And and you're so used to that team converting every scoring opportunity into points. Right. I it's the worst thing you can do is to, to be prisoner of the moment with the NFL because everyone wants to jump to conclusions. Oh, they missed Tyreek Hill right, or oh, right, is right. Mahomes hurt? It's like no, it was just a football game, that's and how that's what happens. Is. Yes. And Matt Ryan occasionally, Matt Ryan is gonna beat Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> it's just the deal. But it is it it was legitimately confusing to watch the Kansas City Chiefs not score when they were supposed to score. Travis Kelsey missed one of those catches. Sure like, did. Sure what did. What in the world is go- it was? It's you know what? It's the NFL. I mean, you said it exactly right. This is like because it has happened. You know, you, you expect the Chiefs literally every single week to go out and put up forty and Mahomes to be great, and it's like that's 
kind of just not how it works. You can't, know, it's, can't it's, do it every week. It's a weird game. It's just a yeah. very, very weird game. I mean, that Bears uh, game that we saw was horrible, by the way. It was a terrible game. But we loved it. We enjoyed it. We had a great time. Terrible game. Bears-Texans is like the worst. Oh. It's the lowest <laughs> form of entertainment that can be still called and, entertainment. And by the way, can we talk about this for a minute? Because you you mentioned this on the last podcast, and, and, and I was able to really confirm it there. I asked around, and I said, okay, you're a Chicago Bears fan because they were all over the place. Who is the best quarterback in in the Chicago Bears history? And every single one of them says Sid Luckman. Literally every one. Sid Luckman. <laughs> Sid Luckman played a thousand years ago. Sid Luckman he played, played in, in a different century. I wrote. I literally. I wrote that the Sid Luckman played in the time where he played offense and he played defense and he cleaned up the stadium afterward and he drove yeah. people home like in the, in a cab. I mean. And, and it's not even close. And the only other quarterback thing they can even say is like, eh, Jim McMahon was a winner. And that's it. There's yeah. literally nothing else. Isn't that in wild? That history. It is like even like other moribund franchises have yeah. all had good court. The Bills had Jim Kelly. Like yes. the, you yes. know, like the, yes, the, the Lions had had Matt uh, Stafford. And and, yeah. and, and, and I mean, everybody has like good, great, but like, good like there's there has not been a quarterback in the history of the bears since sid luckman who was as good as like bernie kozar no like how is that possible? well think, think about the patriots the patriots who were just a, a laughing stock yes. until brady showed up they still had like steve grogan steve grogan that's right and and, and drew bledsoe the and bears have bledsoe. the bears would kill for a drew bledsoe <laughs> level quarterback it's so weird what it's is so weird. wrong with them i don't understand it but i gotta tell you justin fields totally fits in i it is now yeah. clear like like the hope that justin fields will be something else i think you can throw that away so bad bad loss for both of us and here comes another bad loss for both of us uh, so what, what were the totals on that minus, I had... six, minus 16 for you and minus Oof. 22 for me i'm telling you i'm looking at your numbers now they're bad it's they're, bad it was a bad week really, it's gonna be a bad week <laughs> And this is not going to be good either because Buffalo uh, lost oh. to Miami. I mean, what is happening here? That How game that is what happen? that's one that's... of the dumbest games I've ever seen. <laughs> well, it it was it was 110 degrees on the field or whatever. Right. right. They the Bills. The, it was literally Ali Foreman in the in the oh, Thriller yeah. in Manila because it was like <laughs> let them have the ball and just let like just back off. They let them. Josh, uh, Josh Allen threw, had 60 attempts or something. He yeah. dropped back 74 times. They ran, they had the ball for 40 minutes, and the Dolphins had it for 20. They outgained them like 500 yards to 220 oh, yards. Yes. They had 31 first downs, and the Dolphins had like 14. Yeah. And it, I don't know if it was an intentional strategy, but if it was, it was brilliant because they were just that last, that fourth down pass that Josh Allen had where yeah. he threw the ball into the ground, it was like his arm was, he was dead. He was a <laughs> he was, dead zombie who yes. couldn't, had no, who had no strength. And it was amazing. But like, play that game at, at what you think of as room temperature. Yeah. Play that game in 75 degree weather. Oh, play yeah. that Bills game win, in Buffalo. Bills win by 50 points. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it was crazy. But everything about that game. I mean, the the punt into the butt was crazy. And <laughs> and the, the offensive coordinator losing his mind was crazy. Like every single thing about that game was insane. And here's the thing. So I had Miami pretty high on my, on my list. So it was only a minus three game for me because I had the dolphins quite high on my list. Cause I'm kind of like, kind of into kind that of into team them. a little bit. Yeah. They're yeah. fun. I think that coach is really good. 
But here's the thing. That game is, you know, they always talk about trap games like, like, oh, you might lose a game because you're overlooking it. That's a trap game into making you think that the Dolphins are like any good at all. Because they're well, not. They're, they're, not. they're, they're no, they're I better. think they are good. They're I better. Think they're, I think they're a good I think they're a good team. It's just one of those things where when there's only 17 games in a season and you win that game over a division rival, oh, it's big. that game could end up being the difference between a first round bye or home field and a whatever. That's why it stinks. The The interesting thing to me about this is they have to turn around and play Thursday night in against the Bengals. And they, they're, they must be like exhausted. I mean, they must there the defense was on the field for 40 out of yeah. 60 minutes. Like how, like Joe Burrow must be so excited to like, to, I think he's excited except for if you're Joe Burrow and you're playing behind that offensive line, I don't think you're ever, you're excited. never excited. Yeah. Never enough. excited to play. All right. Detroit, Minnesota. Uh, what Detroit won that game, right? No, Minnesota, didn't Minnesota come back and win? Did Minnesota come back and win? I don't even, I don't know. even remember. Oh, I th- I'm pretty sure Minnesota came back and won. Yeah, they did. 28-24. So, all right, yeah. so that is a... That was bad uh, for me, too, because the Lions are like plus 15 or no, something. No, but you, for you, the Vikings are plus 12. I, I literally, oh, right, I was, right, right. You you love those Vikings. Uh, that was I a do. minus That was a minus 12 for me. I don't... I don't Feel I don't dislike the it. Vikings. I had them plus two, but I like the Dolphins. I mean, the Lions a lot, so... I Minus- like the Vikings because you know I have a thing about snake bit franchises. Like yeah. I and that that like so the Lions are obviously more snake bit. Well, they're not even snake bit. They're just sad. Yeah, they're just but sad. The, but yeah. the Vikings, I I I like I always like the Vikings helmets. Yeah, they're good helmets. Great helmets. I love purple as the color. When I was growing up, and the Vi- the Vikings were a fun team when I was growing up. True. And they were um and they had like a. Uh, I don't know. There was something about they seemed exotic. Like it was Minnesota was like an exotic place, and the the team had this like weird history where they had lost a bunch of Super Bowls, but also won a Super Bowl and the purple people eaters and all that stuff. I've always like had a weird simpatico feeling with the Vikings, and I and I also now that they've lost so many times, and and then the thing that sealed me for it was Gary Anderson was like the that year against the Falcons 98 or whatever it was when he yeah. missed that when he hadn't missed a single kick all, all year year all and then he missed year. a chip shot field goal that would have sent them to the Super Instead Bowl of the Super Bowl yeah I was it, at that it, game that, that oh were you really I was that was that wild. was just I was like that was to me for my for my emotional profile and my um my feelings of empathy for snake bit franchises the Vikings are way up there yeah, I can see that. I, I mean, no, look, they they are incredibly snake bit. Uh, that team doesn't feel like any. I don't feel any connection for that team to previous Vikings teams for some reason. But look, they they won. It was a it was a uh, plus one win for you. You get a a, a point, but that's okay because uh, the next game was Baltimore New England, uh, which was obviously <laughs> a monster monster game for you. Uh, that was a twenty eight point loss for you in yeah. happiness. And actually a seven point win for me, which is really weird. Wow. Yeah. This week I said, all right, you know what? I'm just going to be honest with myself, which is I hate the Patriots. I really, really, <laughs> really. They're I so really lovable. Like, How can I you know, hate the Patriots? I know, I know. What have they ever done to anyone to make you hate them? <laughs> My question is, I mean, we've, we've, we've talked about this on text. What will it take for Bill Belichick to actually retire? I don't know. I mean, it's there are two people who are t- tangentially connected to my life 
who everyone is saying who are who are maestros of the f- art form that they practice and who sure. everyone is wondering when they're going to retire publicly. Yes. One of them is Bill Belichick and one of them is Lauren Michaels. <laughs> and with Lauren Michaels, SNL is about to start its 48th season. Incredible. And there are all these rumors and speculations that he's going to get to 50 and then call it a day which would make a tremendous amount of sense, right? Like 50 years of the show, um, seven, he just won another Emmy for best sketch show, which they yes. do every year, basically. Every year. He's got, he's got 75 Emmys. He's got every, <laughs> he's got 12 Peabody awards and 36 right. BAFTAs and whatever else you can win. So the thing that matters to him now is probably something like 50 years would be, man, that would be really special if I could yes. say I got to 50, right? Belichick, who the hell knows? There's nothing he, left. He's also won everything you can win. He's won six Super Bowls as a head coach. He's won yes. another three or whatever as a two or three as a defensive coordinator More. for the Giants. Right. I well, thought for it was, the Giants, he won two. I think, and then didn't he win one? Oh, no. He went I to think the Super Bowl. I think he's got eight or nine yeah, total. He's rings. got a lot. He's got, but he's got he's a got, lot of the Super Bowls. He's got the most anyone will ever have. So it's like, <laughs> yes. you know, yes. and so... The, the the speculation is more like, does he want to try to win one without Brady the way Brady won one without him in order to prove that actually he was... I actually think that sort of speculation is... is it, maybe it's true, but I also think it's... A, a I don't completely, buy it. I don't buy it either. I don't buy I it. I just think he's a lunatic who doesn't want to stop coaching. That's right. No, that's right. I, I yeah. don't... I never... Look, maybe that first year there was something to prove. First of all... Well, second of all, I guess, since first of all, is that first year, maybe there was something to prove. Second of all, it ain't happening. It's not going to happen. I no. mean, they're, they're, they're not good and they're not going to be good. And Mac Jones, God bless him. He's not a Super Bowl quarterback. That, that is just not going to happen for them. And maybe, maybe there is a little bit of him that's like, yeah, they're doubting me now. I'm back in that, you know, I think that that's thing. likely. Yeah. You know, so there's some of that, but man here's what would he do if he if he stopped coaching who knows uh, probably that's probably the reason that he won't stop right it's because there's yeah. no there's no he's not gonna go into like broadcasting or something he right could. Uh, he's actually quite good at it he is good at it he's but quite good at but it. i i think that there's a there's a problem here if you want to psychoanalyze him which is you know he took over the patriots and bledsoe was the quarterback and the team was okay and then Bledsoe went down with the injury when Mo Lewis hit him out of bounds, and Brady came in, and they went on a crazy run, and they got to the Super Bowl, and they won it over yes. the over a team that they were they were that was favored by whatever seventeen points. Right. So in his mind, he's not thinking, yeah, I don't know if it's going to happen with Mac Jones. He's thinking, I can make it happen with anybody. I made it happen <laughs> with Brady. Like the guy was twenty four years old and never played a game, and I and we won the Super Bowl. So he probably doesn't have any kind of realistic understanding of what it what would it take to win another Super Bowl and beyond that there is a um there's a real drive I think on his part to just beat if there is anything it's not winning another Super Bowl it's like he's the kind of guy who because he reveres history so much he's like well you know, George Blanda has the all-time record right. for this. And so I want my kicker to do this. And I, the you know, Don Shula's wins total probably matters to him at some level. Like he may be going for one of those things, which is like, I want to go down as the guy who with the most wins in history. And he still has a way to go. He'd have to coach for like four more years. Probably. Yeah, I hope that. that's, I hope that's not a driving force for him. But I mean, when you see, this is cares? my problem. He's, he's the best he, ever. 
Who, he's who the best ever. Who, who cares? Who doesn't yeah. think he's the best ever? Nobody. No Everybody one. thinks he's the best ever. Unless you, unless you're angry because he taped people's practices or whatever. That he, that could be. But, but but there's but no again, way out of that. There's no, no. way he can't change that. <laughs> no. But that that I will say though that this is what this is what is, and I promise we'll move on and not do Belichick talk. But there's a there's a story of of what has happened to him, which is confusing to me because, as you well remember. In that regular season game against the Colts, when the Colts had come storming back and Peyton Manning was driving down the field every time he had the ball and the Pats were up by four points or whatever it was, uh, or two points or something, four, I guess it was four, and they had the ball on fourth and four at right. their and own like 27, it. and they right. went for it. Yeah. And everyone, including me, lost their minds yeah. because they, they didn't get it, although it was very close in a bad very spot. Close. Kevin Kevin <clears throat> Falk caught that ball, I would say, over the line. But whatever. <laughs> Peyton gets the ball back, scores a touchdown, and they win, right? So everyone lost their minds, and then out of the corners, the distant corners of the internet, some analytics people were like, hey, he actually made the right call. Yeah, that I, was a good I, call, that's right? That's what I wrote, yeah. Which was shocking, but Belichick was a decade ahead of everybody yes, else yes, when it came to intuitively understanding the situation. Now you've got you've got uh, Brandon Staley and you've got Mike McCarthy and you've got all these guys, all these young nerdy dudes who understand that going forward on fourth and three, even if you're in your own territory, is very often the better move. Right. And they're converting an enormous number of fourth downs. Yep. And and Belichick has become the most conservative yes, head coach <laughs> of all time. And granted, he doesn't have Justin Herbert. He doesn't have whichever one of uh, Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields is actually good. <laughs> he doesn't have any of these guys who can, who are mobile, who can, you know, make things happen. He, his personnel, because of his own bad drafting in right. many cases, right. his skill players are terrible. However, he's become this guy who on fourth and three from the opponent's 46 yard line <laughs> will punt every time and it's infuriating and you realize and this is part of the reason that even though the ravens who i d despise beat the patriots who are my favorite team it didn't feel like a 28 point loss to me or whatever it was in part because i have basically gone into hibernation a little bit as a patriots fan until there's a new regime and yeah. like i would so if the patriots hired a 34 year old weirdo nerdy weirdo like Brandon Staley or Mike McCarthy or any of these guys and they sucked at exactly the level they suck now I would be way more interested in the yeah, team because yeah. it'd be like well let's watch them build something but as long as Belichick is there there's no sense that they're going to like start from ground zero and no. build up this new thing because there it's just his system and his weird son is like calling defensive plays or something <laughs> who's got a weird mullet and he's and it, Matt Patricia's back for some reason it just it feels like we're just run we're just like running over the same old ground now but, and I can't get excited by it no of course not well look I you know I for him a few years ago I invented the Belichick rule what the Belichick rule is when you learn the long the wrong lessons from people and I always used to say they're, all of Belichick's assistants are going to be terrible head coaches as long as they think that the key to what made Bill Belichick great was that he was mean to the media and he wore hoodies, which is right. all like like every one of those guys. That was the thing they 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 came in, they were mean to the media. Oh, hey, I'm I'm being just like Bill Belichick, and then they were and they were uh, wore hoodies on the sideline and they lost. And it's because the, none of those things had anything to do with why Bill Belichick was great, right? And I think. 
Bill Belichick himself is now falling for the Bill Belichick. Rule. <laughs> I, I look at him. He used to be like he would go off the board with with draft picks and everybody was like, that's crazy. That guy's not a he's a third round pick. They're taking in the first round. That guy shouldn't be going until the seventh round, the fifth round, whatever. He would take him early. And those guys all worked out or a lot of them worked out because he was so good at identifying talent. Right. And I think in his mind, he started thinking, I'm invulnerable. I, every choice I make is the right choice. And he got lazy on some of those things. And now his draft picks are horrendous. It's horrendous. amazing. It's amazing to go back and look at their last half dozen drafts and see not only who they whiffed on and how many of those guys didn't even make the team yeah. or washed out after a year, but also who was chosen within five picks right. after. Right. And and look, you can you can always play that game. You can always say, oh, Darko Milicic was right. taken <laughs> above. Right. You know, right. like, that. Yeah. okay, fine, fair enough. But when it happens every year for like six or seven straight years, yeah. you start to realize there's a problem here. And then beyond that, when you start pulling moves like choosing a left guard from from a bizarre college who wasn't even in anyone's top 50 or 60, wasn't even a, a second rounder in most people's draft boards. And then that guy gives up a strip sack in his first game <laughs> and is benched immediately. Like I, what I don't understand is why do you not start outsourcing this a little bit? Like yeah, what, if yeah. you've whiffed as many times as he's whiffed, they haven't drafted a good wide receiver in a decade or more. Um, they, they, they drafted this guy, Tyquan Thornton this year, who was looking like he was going to be really good. And then he got hurt. Yeah. But like, you're talking about like, the, the number of people who are doing this well, it, this is a, there's a little bit of a money ball thing going on sure, here, right? Sure, there so is. So the, the last thing I'll say about this is Belichick basically invented the trade down. Yep. And it's not that people hadn't traded down before, but he traded down constantly, yep. constantly trading out of the first round, constantly trading out of the second round, stockpiling third round, fourth round picks constantly 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 to the point where it became a hilarious joke the joke was i i used to say like he won't be truly happy in a given draft year until he has traded every one of his picks for a future seventh round pick and then when his one remaining pick has taken a fullback from rutgers that's the only <laughs> way that he could truly be happy right but bill barnwell i believe it was bill barnwell wrote this long piece about four or five years ago that said, look at what he did in these years. Like, look at what look at what this guy did, and he really went through every pick. Is like he traded the you know the the thirty eighth pick for like the forty sixth pick and the hundred and fifth and the hundred and ninetieth or whatever. Yep. yep. He used those to get this guy. Like he traded up here to get Gronk. He took this guy and said that blah 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 blah. And the amount of capital that he gained oh. with his system was incalculable and he was doing these things where it was like no even nfl draft lunatics aren't paying that close attention when he trades the 93rd pick and the right. 107th pick for next year's 41st <laughs> pick and next year's 80th pick or whatever because it's too confusing you can't keep track of it but when you lay it all out as bill barnwell did it was astonishing he yeah. was robbing these teams he was yeah. absolutely highway robbery and then i think Every like in Moneyball, yep. everybody caught on, yeah. and so no one wanted to make those deals anymore. No one trade traded down with him, and when he did trade down, it wasn't for as much. And when he made those selections, other people had gotten better at That's choosing right. the people that he wanted, and so it it is inevitable. There is no system 
that works forever, unless right. you're talking about somehow the St. Louis Cardinals <laughs> and their ability to sign guys and develop them. So the, I, I, I think it's just like, look, greatest run of all time, greatest 20-year run that any coach, head coach in any sport maybe any will sport. ever yeah. have. Yeah. Walk away, man. Walk just away. walk go. away. It's, it's not. It cannot function the way that it functioned before. It's not going to happen. Just I. I thought that Brady should have retired after their after the twenty eight to three game, and then he came back like very quickly with another team and won another Super Bowl. Sure so did. I'm I'm the yeah. last person in the world who should be telling these guys when to retire. But in Belichick's case, I honestly think that the problem. Is, lar- is largely that everyone else in the league has caught up in sure. certain arenas that he used to be alone in. Like, yes. The, and the, and now you look around and the scheming is so much better offensively and the weapons are better because they've drafted better. And the Patriots thing of like sign free agents and, and veterans and piece it together and have like a go shopping in the, in the bargain bin – that stuff just is not working the way it used to because they don't have they don't have Brady to patch all the holes, and they when you whiff on fifty consecutive wide receivers, eventually like you end up having to sign Jonu Smith to like a fifteen year contract because you need someone to throw the ball to. Yeah, I just it's it's I agree. Look, Belichick has never in his life looked like he was having fun as a head coach ever, even in the best days. No. But- but the guy looks miserable now. Just looks absolutely miserable. His team isn't any good. He's starting Brian Hoyer in Green Bay next week. <laughs> That's like what it, I mean. It's just it's, like uh, you, they're going to be 4-13. and 13. I predicted they would be 4-13 and 13 this year. I, I'm sticking to that. I think that's probably about right. Maybe they'll maybe they'll win six games. Maybe they'll be 6-11. and 11. But how do you want to go 6-11 and 11 when you're 71 and you've got no, nine no. Super Bowl rings? Like, I what's don't wrong understand. with you? That's my point. I don't, I don't understand. All right. All right, we uh next game was uh, Cincinnati and the Jets uh which uh, the Bengals won. So that was uh that was fine. Uh it's good to see the Bengals back on the But I don't the hate the side. Jets as much as I used to. So it No, me either. I kind of like the Jets. That's that's what I've got. So that game meant nothing to me. That was a that was a a zero happiness game for me even no matter what the score was. Uh Las Vegas played Tennessee, which was a meaningless game to you. Uh, Tennessee did win. That was a plus 15 for me because I really don't like the Raiders. I don't, right? I've never liked the Raiders, and I really don't like uh, now that they're in Las Vegas. That does nothing for me. I don't like the Raiders, I just love Mark Davis. I think Mark Davis is a great guy. (laughs) Well, sure, I understand. Well, you always loved Al, you were always one of the biggest big Al Davis guy, big Mark Davis guy. Love his haircut, I love everything about him. All right, Philadelphia played Washington. That was a happy game for both of us. Yeah, uh, the, the Eagles pretty much destroyed them and uh uh that was a 20 point game for you and a 26 point game for me so that was that was good that was a little happy that felt like a plus 20 i would say that that felt legit that felt legit and i i kind of like that eagles team in addition addition to not liking that washington team i kind of like that eagles team i do too they're fun and jalen hurts or uh the other one (laughs) justin fields (laughs) Fields is great but that 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 team is fun and i like their you know what i like we haven't talked about this the eagles have two basic uniforms that are they're they're um they're dark colored uniforms like i their whites are fine but they have a they have a cla- the classic almost like kelly green yes which is you wonderful. think of and then they have the dark green the ones, super which dark I, green yeah yeah i kind of like both of them <laughs> i like the dark green ones a lot it's almost black but it's not it's like 
it's like really dark, like yes, like rich yes. green. And I, when they are in those unis, I really like watching them play. Yeah, there it's like a futuristic green almost. You know, yeah. it's like, like something you would see. Yeah, like in it's a, it's in a like space from a movie. Yeah, or it's like in the in the scene in the in bat in the Dark Knight or whatever <laughs> when when the Steelers are playing it. It's like a slight alternate Steelers uni. Like it feels like a weird sci-fi Eagles uni. It's it's a good one. It's a good one. Well, that was super happy. I was super happy to see Philadelphia win. So that was legit. Uh, Jacksonville played the uh, the Chargers, and uh, uh, that was uh, I took it on the chin this week, man. That was a minus twenty two for you, uh, and it was a minus eight for me. Yeah, you really, really don't like the the uh, the uh, the Jaguars. Jaguars. Yeah, that's like. Wait, that's, what do I have them as? I have them. You as had one. them as a minus seven. No, that's middle of the road. That's that's closer see- to zero than negative sixteen. That's true. It's a little bit. I, I just I feel like um, I mean, obviously, I wrote about the Jaguars a lot on The Good Place. Yes. Um, because Jason Mendoza was a big Jaguars fan. <laughs> and that that did make me like them a little more. But I just can't get over the feeling that they shouldn't exist. Like that's 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 <laughs> that's my contempt for them is like that. Like Jacksonville just the remember the Super Bowl was played in Jacksonville one year and everybody who went to the Super Bowl was like oh Jacksonville cannot have a Super Bowl yeah like, no they, that, this it's is not ridiculous. the city that cannot hold these people <laughs> and I it just they feel they still feel like an expansion franchise to me I think their uniforms are terrible their helmet logo is terrible yeah I, I just I everything about them also the whole Tom Coughlin era is still left left a bad taste in my mouth that thing about how he would penalize people for only being 10 minutes early to meetings. It's like, get over yourself, man. What are you doing? That, that whole, every, everything about it, just, just everything about Jacksonville just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, no, I hate Jacksonville. I mean, I hate to say that, but I really don't like the city of Jacksonville at all. I got a speeding ticket once. Now one is speeding ticket. It was a ticket for not having, uh, like one of my taillights was out. Sure. And, uh, it was, and I was there for the, the week of the, uh, uh, Georgia, Florida, uh, Georgia, Florida game. You know, they always play that in Jacksonville, the world's biggest cocktail party or whatever. And I'm there and I get pulled over for having a, one of my taillights out. And I'm like, really? The week of the Florida, the, that, this is what matters. This, this is what matters. And, and I was just a kid then and I didn't pay it. Um, oh no. Yeah, no. And they came after me. It was really bad. And, and, and it was like, I had a whole thing. So I hate Jacksonville. It's like, I'll always hate Jacksonville. Well, you know that when a hundred thousand people are coming to town for that football game, the cops are like, we're going to make our yearly quota <laughs> in one weekend, like just ticket, 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 ticket everywhere you go. Like, yeah, yeah. We're just going to give it and like, Hey, this guy's got a Georgia license plate. Let's, uh, yeah. and he's got a taillight out that you can't have a taillight out in Jacksonville. I also oh. had a moment in Jacksonville where I went to a breakfast place uh, before a Jaguars game. I was with the uh, star at the time, Kansas City star, went to a Jacksonville game. Uh, uh, and then the next morning before going to the airport, went to a breakfast place and walked in and said, uh, they said, what would you like to drink? I said, some orange juice. And they said, we're out. <laughs> we're out of orange juice in Florida. So, so yeah, I had Jacksonville. Uh, terrible. All right. Uh, Rams, Arizona. Uh, was a uh, was a okay. game that was a that you uh, you like uh, you like uh, those Cardinals you like the I do Cardinals. like the I like the that Cardinals was a minus Rams. one for you but it was a big minus thirteen for me that was mm. a big loss I I'm not gonna say it felt like a minus thirteen it didn't really feel because because as you and I have discussed there's one reason and only one reason to like that Arizona team 
Kyler that's Murray. Kyler Murray. And that's it. Yeah. And there's like, is there anything else to like about them? I think that the, like that the idea that Larry Fitzgerald would be happy if they won the Super Bowl, maybe would make would be a reason but would to he, for them. but would he be happy he's not on the team no like, but he... i've in theory he has some friends who still work there or something that would make him happy i want larry fitzgerald to be happy is larry fitzgerald football's mookie bats oh he's so delightful he's i love this delightful. i love yes. the take let me see if i can justify it uh is there who is the who is the well i guess the better question is who's the who mookie is the bats mookie bats of, of football of professional football and it doesn't have to it, play right now. It's just over the next, the last few years. Who is who is the? It has best. to be someone who's a little bit undersized. Yeah, uh, that's I the think, problem with Larry you know? Fitzgerald. He's almost too big. Yeah, but he's so, but he's he's so delightful, and he's, he's like incredibly multiple languages. He travels the world. Like he's like the greatest guy in the world. Yeah, yeah. I I guess it, it's someone who like it's hard. Like it's hard to find a lovable. Yeah, because like, like it's. Like the not, little guys are like, you know, it's certainly not like Ezekiel Elliott or something. No, like it, no. And like know, little like, guys, are like, just because they're little in football, that doesn't mean anything. It could be Tyreek Hill. So, yeah. you know, it's like, ah. Uh, all, all right, right let's put let's put this question to your to your to the listeners and the readers. Who is the Mookie Betts of football? And by that by that we mean undersized and and one hundred percent lovable. And uh, fully like you, delightful. You want him delightful. to be. You just want him to be your friend. Very. You just badly. want him to be your friend, and you just want him to be happy. No matter yep. what happens, you want him to be happy. All right. Um, Atlanta played Seattle. Somehow that was a plus eight game for you and a minus thirteen game for me. And I don't care who won. <laughs> I just don't. Care. Which will lead, by the way, maybe I should introduce it now. Should I introduce my new idea now? Yes, let's do All it. All right. Here's my new idea. So you you brought in last week the double down, which is which is a, a fantastic, fantastic mm-hmm. addition to to our thing where we are allowed to pick one game. We double down on it. You get double the points, plus or minus, because right. we are determined. We have determined having looking at the matchup that it is a game that rests our our basically our happiness rests a lot on that game. Right. Here's my thinking. And this would have been the perfect week for the Atlanta Seattle game. We get one nullify game where Ooh. no matter what happens, it's a zero. You, you're, you're like, because you look at it and you go, I have no feelings about that I have at no all. Feeling that I know this has me as a minus 13, but honestly, I am not going to be minus 13. I'm going to be zero. Either I like way. it. Yeah. So, Cause like, what, what was the Carolina, Carolina Saints? Might yeah, have been it was that like, for it was, me, that ends was up like being a minus eight for you, and that's not yeah, like uh, yeah. Now I would say just like we okay, so the double down has some has some parameters, and I think we should have parameters for this too. You can't nullify a game that has too big of a point spread, right? Ooh, okay, yeah, you know I think what I mean. It, maybe it yeah, can't yeah, be because more if it has than, that big a point spread, then you then you then you then you, 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 you don't want it. You, we rate. don't want this to be a loophole where you, you get out. Where for example. I would have if there were no if there were no uh, parameters. I would have looked at the Ravens Patriots game and been like, "Wow, that's a minus twenty eight for me." I know the Ravens are going to win, right? So I'll just I'm nullify gonna, that yeah, game and get that. out of it. No, 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 no. It has to be. Look, we have to. There's a little bit of an honor system here. Yeah, you only nullify games or games that you really truly don't care. You truly wins. do not care yeah, one way or the care. other. It will have zero effect on your life. <laughs> Atlanta okay. Seattle to me is the perfect nullify game i see i would but that's care at all. that's good because no. i i wouldn't choose that i ha, i feel like because because of my snake because of my snake bit franchise thing i care about atlanta and i hate pete carroll and so i kind of anti-care about okay. seattle what about so, bears yeah. what about bears texans? bears texans bears texans <laughs> would have been exactly the game like i like if you if you offered me 
ten million dollars to come up with a legitimate reason why I would care one way or the other who wins that game, I couldn't. I literally couldn't. Right yeah. now, I couldn't. If you no. asked me to. No, absolutely not. Oh, absolutely. Bears Texans. God, every time the Bears and Texans play for the rest of time, I will never care. I can promise you that. I cared because we were there. It was wonderful. See, that's why. That's this is why these things are good. It's because. They, it's different. It's not going to be the same for us. If you were week. at the Bears game, you would have cared. See, that's the thing. That's you wouldn't have. You would not I have still nullified think, that. I game. still don't think no, I would have probably cared. not. Probably not. <laughs> All right. Uh, Green Bay, Tampa Bay was your double down this week. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it did not go well. It did not, did not go, go well, well for me. No. 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 And I, a, and like and I got to say, and this is why again we we are geniuses for inventing the system. <laughs> I felt it, man. Yeah. I felt it. I felt the pain. Like when Brady came back. And uh, and got all the way to within a two point conversion uh, of of come of tying the game and then failed. I felt the sadness, and yes, it's funny because yes. I don't that my my rooting for Tampa Bay is one hundred percent about Tom Brady. Well, right. no, it's it's a little bit about Bruce Arians, who I kind of like. Yeah, it's I a like little, Bruce it's, it's a little bit about Todd Bowles, who I kind of like, and it's but it's mostly about Tom Brady. It's mostly yeah. just like that guy brought me so much joy and happiness in my life that I just want him. I I think his. I'm a, I'm kind of obsessed with his career stats now. Like I just I poke around Pro Football Reference all the time <laughs> to just try to come up with interesting uh, things. And I'm I'm gonna do this as a stat of the day. I think tomorrow, so I can I can talk about it now on this podcast. Sure, because this is not coming it. out for months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Tom Brady, of course, is the all-time leader, active leader in wins by a quarterback. Yes. In the regular season, in the postseason, in every way you choose it, but. He's combined, he has 280 wins in the regular season and postseason, which is far and away above Aaron Rodgers, number one, right? If you only chose the games in which Tom Brady has led a game-winning drive in the fourth quarter or overtime yeah. as his wins, he would have the eighth most wins of any <laughs> active quarterback. <laughs> There are only seven guys with more total wins than he has wins where he led a game-winning drive in the fourth quarter overtime. 64, wow. I believe wow. it's 64 <clears throat> games in his career, game-winning drive. So that's not necessarily behind. It could also be tied. Yes. But game-winning drives in the fourth quarter and overtime in the play in the uh, regular season or postseason, I believe it's 54 in the regular season and 14 <laughs> in the postseason, <laughs> which so means funny. that he has more postseason game-winning drive victories then Aaron Rodgers has total postseason wow. victories. Wow. Isn't that wild? It is wild. That is wild. That is wild. But it also tells you, in addition to everything else, that's 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 been the game. That's been yeah. the game. The game. And that's why, you know, as much as because when when he went to Tampa Bay, I was, if you can be one of the others, team Belichick. In mm. the sense of I thought. Yeah, and you know what? I'm, of course, you got to give Tom Brady a tremendous amount of credit for what was this team's success, but I would give more of the credit to Belichick. I think Belichick, he created this whole thing, he created Brady, all of those things. But when you look at that, you realize how many more games they would have lost with a lesser quarterback than yeah. Tom Brady. That's the yes. problem, you know? And And now he doesn't have Tom Brady. So, like, you know, like he's not going to get uh, the high percentage of those fourth quarter comeback wins. Yeah. And they're not going to be any good. I mean, that's, you know, so it's, it's certainly it was a combination. We know that, but 
but I, I, I am now leaning I, a little heavier toward Brady being more responsible. At the end of the day, to have this absurd debate one more time. Sure. The guy with the ball in his hands yeah. doing things athletically on the field of play is going to be more important. It yeah, just is be. because be. you can scheme and plot and plan yeah. and whatever all you want. And then there's three seconds of white hot chaos with enormous men crashing into each other <laughs> all around you. And like, someone's got to execute the plan. That's right. And so like th this is, uh, I believe that the answer of course is, yeah, it's about 50, 50, it's about 50% yeah. Belichick and 50% right. Brady. Right. But the 50% that Brady brings to the table is the greatest 50% that's ever existed by yeah. any decision maker in the history of the league. And so you can plot and scheme and plan and do everything else as a genius. But if you don't have the guy who's actually holding the ball and making the decisions, who is the best to ever do it, you're not going to be successful. And Brady, as the guy who's holding the ball and making the decisions athletically, can overcome some of the crappy plotting and planning and scheming in a way that you can't overcome it the other way. Yeah, really, that's right. I think. And, but, but again, know, but, but you know who's going to disagree with you? Who's that? Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> Devil, it's way, all coaching. All of we, it. All one of week, it. one week. When it comes to bowl season, oh my gosh, we got to do this for the bowl games. Well, honestly, I had this moment this weekend where I was thinking about with college because you know I, I don't care much about college. Uh, a little more this year than I have because my daughter is choosing colleges and my daughter is now very seriously interested in Wake Forest. Right. So I was watching Wake Forest Clemson with with an actual interest. Right. Not just my, I want Clemson to lose every game interest that's always been there, but mm -hmm. with, I like Wake Forest. They're kind of cool. They're kind of fun. They're actually pretty yeah. good. And, oh, that was a minus 75 loss. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. was, oh my gosh. Well, we got, I, I mean, like I said, when the thing, the conversation that started the NFL ranking system was about the fact <laughs> that's that right. football and especially college football brings out bile and hatred in me in a way that is does that other sports absolutely do not yeah and so i think it would be kind of fun to do one maybe we do rivalry week you we know, could do rivalry do week a, yeah where it's but the like problem with rivalry pick, week is we want everybody to lose every yeah but that's why it might be, it might be interesting <laughs> or it might totally backfire but like michigan ohio state is a plus 100 game for me it's yeah a, but it's, it's a plus a 100 game for me the other way that's the problem. right that's kind you of know? fun <laughs> But like I hate I hate Clemson a lot because simply because of Dabo Swinney. That's I right. You hate, didn't have any hate... feelings about Clemson before. No, I couldn't have cared less about Clemson. <laughs> They're fine. But Dabo Swinney has managed to to really uh, fly into my radar as a guy who is worthy of being detested. I, I actually so... dislike him more than any other coach, including uh, Nick Saban. Yeah, I think I, I do too. I think he's the least likable of them all. But then you also there's also Nick Saban and there's also Jimbo <laughs> Fisher and there's also there's a whole bunch of guys out there that man the 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 losses feel so good. They yeah, so, it almost feels <laughs> wrong so rare, how much I you know. enjoy them. <laughs> all right, let's finish this off. San Francisco Denver uh, was a big loss for both of us. Uh, hmm. um, you know, I really really don't like the Broncos. I don't. I like the 49ers. They're cool. They're fine. I like the 49ers. And you, it was a minus 12 for you and a minus 19 for me. And then, of course, the big one, Dallas Giants. Oof. Boy, oh, boy. It was brutal. But here's the thing. It wasn't as bad for you because I really kind of like the Giants. You like the Giants and I don't. So, yeah, you don't. Uh, yeah, so it was only a minus like... 12 for you. Uh, and it was a minus 24 for me because I, I kind of like – 
I don't, I don't know why, but I kind of like the Giants a little bit. So, all right. right, So here's, you want to hear the big finish? How weak? Do, do yours, do yours first. Yes. It was a mildly unhappy week for me, even with the Bears double down. Wow. It was a minus 12 game, which a week, which tells you uh, how bad a week this was, even with the Bears, which normally would be a nothing game for me, even with those, all those bonus points, minus 12 for me. Michael Shore's final happiness total minus 119. Oh, <laughs> oh man. You, this is I, literally the worst week you will ever have. You will never have a week this bad again. I you know, as I was looking at the matchups, I was I was realizing that I was being set up to to get to get blown to have a true blowout because yeah. I knew the Ravens were going to beat the Patriots, which was going to be huge. Yep. I felt like there was no way the Giants beat the Cowboys, so that was a problem. I but and I it's not that I thought the Chiefs would lose or the Chargers would lose or whatever, but I was like, man, there's a lot of big games. Yeah, on Bills. Like, there, there were a lot of big spreads. The Bills, the Chargers, the Chiefs, they were facing teams that I really didn't like. So there were a bunch of like 16 to 20 point games yeah, on the schedule. Were. And I lost every single you one did. of them. You did. You lost them yeah. all. Your biggest win of the week was uh, Atlanta, Seattle. That was oh literally. God, which I don't really care eight, about. You don't care. Come on. That did I mean, not really... I'll, again, I'll say it again. It. I felt it. Like yeah. that. this comport- yeah. night, negative 119 is a little high, but I felt like. Oof, man, every result, like the Chiefs go down, the Chargers go down, the Bills go down, the Cowboys win, the the Ravens win, the Steelers, the Browns win. Like oh, yeah. every single one of those games, I was like, man, that is not a good result for me. <laughs> it, was, it was brutal. It was it was a brutal week. I felt it. I did not feel like even though the Bears thing was great, uh, I did not feel like uh, happy this, yeah. this week. It was it was it, I felt that it's a bad week. It was a bad week all the way around. It just was. All right, so we do it again next week. We make our adjustments, and we have a double down, and we have one null one game. One nullified game. A null nullified game. game that, right. that we're going on the honor system. Can't yes. be. It ha- you have to really, truly choose a game. Yeah, and I think I think about. it has to be. We we can even put a number on it. Eight points or less, six points or less, something like that. I mean, I like, would say even 10. Yeah, all right. Because a plus it. five and a minus five, like the, yeah, there's a right. decent chance you're not going to care about those. Teams. That's right. So maximum 10 point spread, we'll say. Maximum 10 point spread, but uh, you, you can be, you know, up to 10. But I think it needs to really be like, we'll know. I think it'll yeah, automatically yeah. know. You'll look at the game and you'll go, yeah, I don't care. I do yeah. not care at all. Bears, all right. Texans. The, the the baseline is Bears, <laughs> Texans. <laughs> all right. You know, we, we we should probably just talk for a moment about what's going on in baseball because uh, this is supposed to be like a baseball podcast. We don't talk baseball anymore. Yeah. It's been gone. And it's, and it's September 27th. It's September we should 27th. probably talk about baseball. But here's the thing, because, you know, this is uh, – we can talk about Aaron Judge, but the truth is when this thing comes out, we don't know. He might have the record. He might not have the record. He probably will. He You'd say that, but he has not hit a homer. We we are recording this on Tuesday. It's been a few days since he's hit a home run. People are really pitching around him more, not just intentionally, although that's happening a little bit too, but like not really giving him great pitches. He had a moment uh, last night, so this was Monday night against Toronto, that I know you thoroughly enjoyed, uh, where he was, it was two balls and two strikes, and uh, pitcher threw the Blue Jays pitcher through the ball, what? What's that? It was a Gosman that did it. Yeah, Gossman, yeah. Yeah. Threw it at what, like 
six inches under the strike zone. No, it was <laughs> probably it was inches, two, two and a half inches. or three inches, and they called it, and it and it just delighted me. Every <laughs> it part of so it delighted happy. me. Oh God, because well, for for so many reasons. Number one, he struck out, which is great. Yes. Number two, Aaron Boone, who is the most infuriating manager in baseball has been complaining all year about every single borderline low pitch call on judge and has gotten thrown out of like seven games (laughs) for arguing those calls. And it's like they get, if you, I will say this again, there is a way that you can track the degree to which umpires affected the run totals of every game. It's on Twitter. It's umpire auditor. You can go and look at every single game and say, well, the total calls and all the situations led to 0.37 runs for the Tigers or negative 1.3 runs for the Phillies or whatever. Over the course of the year, the Yankees are second in baseball in terms of getting the most additional bonus runs because of bad calls by umpires. Yes. Which means... Aaron Boone has got nothing to complain about, my friend. <laughs> nothing to complain about. Unless that's why he's complaining. He's he's working but the umps. He's working the umps like crazy, and it's totally working, and they get soup, they get tons and tons and tons of calls. And I get it, he's got to protect his guy that's a superstar player, blah, 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 blah. But it just drives me nuts because he's constantly barking oh, it's at every pitch that's that's a half an inch outside the zone low to Stanton or Judge, yeah. who are 100 feet tall. And it's not the ump's <laughs> fault if the ball looks like a strike and it turns out it was a half an inch low. So the fact that it was a low strike delighted me. The fact that, that it was a key situation in the game delighted me. It, it's Everything about it was so wonderful. And I will conclude by saying that the Red Sox – Getting out of Yankee Stadium without giving up a 61st home run to Aaron Judge <laughs> over a four-game stretch win was like the World Series. I felt like they had won the World Series. It was so great. And also the number of times that that Judge flew out to like the warning track. Yes. It was so funny. It was the whole that whole stadium full of jackals and lunatics jumping to their feet <laughs> in anticipation of seeing history and then saw oh, sitting down yeah. oh, oh. <laughs> like it was so funny and so great and look he's gonna get 61 he'll probably do it tonight he'll get 62 the next day he'll hit five in a game who cares yeah like it's it's this has been inevitable for a long time but honestly the combo platter and by the way the poor Maris family that has to oh tour, follow gosh. him around everywhere he with goes with his mom like, with his oh, mom he's, they just have to sit oh, with his mom every night so you, sad you hope but they I, like each other but why would but they may, maybe they don't <laughs> maybe they but don't i i really was truly in a in a crummy baseball season for my team it was a, a joyous gift to watch four <laughs> games of him not getting the record. I don't care. The Yankees swept the Red Sox. I couldn't care less. I literally couldn't care. It's better. The Red Sox have a better draft position next year. Yeah. And the and the number of like deep flyouts to center and left center that made everyone <laughs> in that crummy, awful stadium jump to their feet with with anticipating the joyous rapture of seeing history and then having to sadly sit back down and text their friends. Oh, he was so close. <laughs> it was wonderful. I loved every second of it. I drink your tears. I, I had a moment last night because uh, we, as we have discussed many times on this podcast, I am the world's uh, biggest hater of the intentional walk, the biggest right. hater. And, uh, and, and, but I'm also, as we've discussed on this podcast, among the world's leading haters of the Yankees. This is, this is a, Mm -hmm. a, you know, and there came a moment uh, last night uh, in the, in extra innings 
where there was runners on first and second and Aaron judge came up and not only did they intentionally walk him, which is, which is whatever fantastic. it is. Yeah. It's fantastic. No, it's, it's not, it's, yes, it, it, it is. it's never fantastic. Never, it is fantastic. ever. It's never it was great. Fantastic. It was wonderful. It was perfect. They brought in a lefty pitcher before intentionally walking him yeah. and judge actually stepped to the plate and the, the manager took like a long time before actually oh, signaling it. it so like best. judge is like, really they're gonna they're gonna pitch a left-handed pitcher at him and then the manager's like held up five fingers he's like just five he's like the he's only thing out. that would have been better is that they they had brought out a t and put the <laughs> ball on the t and then it said we're well, no we're intentionally walking you like the more the more i i want him intentionally walked every time he comes to the plate i don't care about <laughs> your worst. stupid rules the worst, I, want the worst. It, I never no it's wonderful <laughs> this look they're in. I I don't know if I've ever mentioned this, but I wrote a book about ethics. Have I mentioned oh, this did. on this podcast yeah. before? No, yeah. Wait a minute. No. I've no, mentioned no, this. No, no, no. I'm pretty said, sure I have. A, you said a friend of yours wrote a book about. No, ethics. no, no. I wrote a book on ethics. It's called How to Be Perfect. It's available in stores now. Wow. And in in some of the readings that I did, it turns out that under certain circumstances, the worst crimes some some ethicists believe the yeah. worst crimes imaginable actually become ethically uh, permissible. Like oh. literally the execution of an innocent person there, you can concoct a scenario yeah. in which that would be the ethically correct choice to make, even though it seems like the worst crime that human humanity could ever commit. Right. Yes. Yes. What I'm saying to you, what I'm suggesting to you <laughs> is that under certain circumstances, it is actually good and ethical to intentionally walk someone in baseball, which in your mind is the greatest crime that can be committed in baseball. That's right. And those circumstances are very specifically <laughs> that a New York Yankee is going for history and the opposing manager denies him the chance of that history by simply intentionally walking him. Well, here's how I felt. I felt like I hate this. I hate this. And then I was like, oh, but it worked. And, I, and, it, and the Yankees lost. So that was great. So mm -hmm. I was I was really torn. But my moment came when they did the close-up of Roger Maris's son and Aaron Judge's mom sitting next to each other, and she had this look on disgust on her face. And Too bad. he had this, which is which is hilarious, by the way. And he had this look on his face, like, "Oh my God, I'm never going home." Like it was like, <laughs> like, like this, this 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 trip is never ever going to look, end. Look, if Aaron Judge, I wish no ill will at all to any member of the Maris family or to any member of the Judge family. Of course, I not. really don't. I want nothing but joy and happiness and a fruitful, verdant life for all of you. Of course. But your son plays for a fascist <laughs> enterprise. He just does. It's not his fault. He was drafted by them. Like he didn't have. He didn't have the, the right. choice in the matter. He plays for the the, the empire. empire. He, he plays the for empire. the empire. That's right. And so, if Aaron Judge played for the Phillies or the Blue Jays or the Milwaukee Brewers, I would be right with you. I'd be like, "This is outrageous! How dare they intentionally <laughs> walk him? This is absurd! It should be outlawed! It should be banned! The mo coach should be fired!" But that's not the situation. The situation <laughs> is he plays for the Yankees. Yankees are fascists. They're evil, and they deserve pain and suffering and sadness. And every time that he's intentionally walked for the rest of the year, I will stand up and applaud. <laughs> that's that's. Uh, I I don't know. I I understand. Look, Sorry, you're man. you're the ethical expert here, uh, as, as I understand it. Every single ethicist dating back to the time of the ancient Greeks, the pre-Socratic Greeks, has yes. agreed on on one thing, which is that rooting for the Yankees is that's ethically right. wrong. Oh, no, that's so, right. They, you can but go back and look. There are fragments of of pre-Socratic Greek philosophy found on <laughs> sheets of papyrus from from like 800 BC, and all you can make out is just the Yankee insignia and like a red line through it. 
And so it's, it's I, really I, incredible. Who really am incredible. I to who am I no, to argue I, look, against I, every I'm philosopher in you. history? I'm with you on it. I just it's just the intentional walk. The intentional walk is is equally or or near the enemy equal. of your enemy is your friend. Well, there in you this go. case, the intentional walk <laughs> is the enemy of your enemy. All right. How about Albert Pujols? How about how about my goodness, seven hundred home runs? The guy got there. Um, what is what is the deal in St. Louis again? What is that all about? I, what, you nailed it. What? It's it's he's Superman and St. Louis is the sun. That's <laughs> yeah. the only logical explanation. I the mean, the interesting thing is you and I had a discussion with Brandon McCarthy over over text, which was if Pujols stays in St. Louis his entire life, yes, in his entire career, what what is his what do his career numbers look like? Right now, obviously, you can't anticipate injury. You can't anticipate this and that and the other thing. Can't change what happened. But I believe that if he stays in St. Louis, he is he you has is the above world record you he's above he he's above ruth and he's oh, probably sure. he's he's probably right around hank aaron i think he probably has 50 more something over over those years well, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's 12 guess, years but... so it's like three or four home runs a year essentially is what he needed yeah. to even catch bonds to like to be yeah. at the very top um yeah i i you know it's it's impossible to say he did hit a lot of home runs uh, with the Angels. yeah that's like kind of the one thing he did mm -hmm. uh but i mean it's ridiculous. He looks like a completely different person. He yeah. just looked like it's not like it's not like he looks young. He still looks old out there. He's still not that good. He's Can't still, run. you know, whatever. Can't run. But like, like sometimes somebody will throw him a pitch now and his eyes will light up like the old days and he'll just like crush the ball. And it's like, how? How did this happen? I think that when you're doing these calculations of what could have been. You know, look, your trade, I don't, who knows? You'd have to do a lot of work to figure this out, but you're trading nine or 10 games a year in Seattle for nine or 10 games a year in at Wrigley, right? Which has right. got it. That's, that's a, that's, there's a few homers there, well, right? I mean, all the Anaheim games, Anaheim's a terrible, Anaheim's a bad park. hitter's yep. park. park. And, yep. and, yep. and, I don't know. You'd have to Houston really. Houston is not uh, a good home run park. It's really no. not, except for that I mean, one area. It's not a good home run park. So, um, yeah, I mean, he does. The, he, who knows? We may be dead wrong. He may have been. He may have benefited by playing in the AL West. Who you knows? You never know. But you never know. But I do believe that just the joy and happiness that you've seen in him from being back in St. Louis would indicate that maybe if he hadn't disappeared into a black hole vortex of nothingness in Anaheim for a decade that maybe there's there's 30 more home runs like he's he's within shouting distance of of Aaron I would say and Bonds and then you're like well maybe he comes back one more well, year that's the thing. if he's at 738 maybe he comes back and tries to do it well, one more I, year so it'd something. be hard not to but my question for you on him is he's 15 home runs away from passing Babe Ruth now I don't yeah. know what passing Babe Ruth means like in in the grand scheme of things because he's still behind Aaron and you're you're still behind bonds I don't know what that means but that could mean a lot to you I mean yeah. that might can anybody doubt that if he played next year and they hit him against lefties like they're doing now and and he played as much that he could hit 15 home runs he certainly could no he certainly I mean, could look he's he's officially on the Mount Rushmore of home run hitters yes without without question 700 right? is huge he's but he's passed he's he's like he's fourth he passed he's fourth all he time. passed yep. a rod yep. he is the he uh, is if you if you are in the business of discounting PED use and you get rid of bonds that means he's third yep um and there the the thing that I that I feel like we've lost with having him go to Anaheim is 
besides just seeing him play all the time, because we yeah. never saw him play because nope. he played in Anaheim, is he hit 700 and they were like, are you going to get the ball back? What are you going to offer? And he was like, oh, I don't need the ball back. That's yeah. for the fans. That was it's the coolest thing I've ever seen anyone do in that situation. Yes. He was like, no, that's for, that's a souvenir. It's for the fans. They should yeah. have it. That's I think so that great. is that rules, man. Like that that guy has like he this is that's the guy he is. Yeah. And you you wrote an SI cover story about him. I did. Whatever it is, 12, 15 years ago, 16 yeah, years ago. Yeah, and the And the cover of it is is basically the headline is I, he wants you to believe in him, yep. right? Isn't that the... That's right. And, it was it was right at that time where, you know, yeah. the, everything was steroid talk. And he was like, no, I'm, I'm not. Believe in me. You can trust yeah. me. And like, I I love that um that he had that attitude i love that he said this that ball is for the fans that's why i play it's for the fans like that he i kind of love that he's like i'm retiring that's my choice and i'm not coming back i like i i feel like we missed out on a decade of just cool albert albert pool oh, i agree stuff, i agree you know? you know one of the coolest things is they used to call him now he's like the machine and and whatever fat albert all these other nicknames but they used to call him the man like that was yeah. like his thing like you know that he was the man and he said, don't, please don't call me that anymore because Stan Musial is the man. I'm not the man. Stan Musial is the man. Exactly like, how cool. can you not love that guy? I, you, you know what? Of all of the Albert, we should do an album. When he, uh, at the end of the year, we, when he, when the Cardinals either win the World Series or are eliminated, we should do an Albert Pools appreciation show. Yes. But the, the thing that blows my mind every time I read about it or hear about it is that this spring training when he was a rookie tony la Russa said that guy's going to the hall of fame hall of fame unbelievable that is, that's one of the craziest things of all time like it's it's like he I, that is and i know that whatever spring training hope hope springs eternal right managers right. Are, are 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 tend to be hyperbolic about how good their teams are going to be but that is tony la Russa, who had seen a lot of baseball players <laughs> yeah and he was and not only was he right he was super right i he mean was i think so right now i would say he is on track after mariano to be a, a first ballot hall of famer now oh I mean, you mean unanimous unanimous, unanimous. that's what yeah, i meant yeah, Sorry. Yeah, unanimous yeah. who's who's saying no to albert Pujols after 700 I, after I all this like after with zero zero steroids zero ped rumors or anything like that absolutely like uh, multiple time world champion multiple time home run uh champion multiple time ops champion like how do you how do you who in the world says no to albert pujols well this is what i say i mean look ken griffey jr should have been unanimous we all agree i mean we finished what three short or one short yeah. or whatever it was it was embarrassing but he should have been unanimous right Albert Pools, the young Albert Pools, was better than the young Ken Griffey Jr. I mean, that's right. you know, I mean, it's incredible. You look at it, you match them up, and yeah. and Jr. was incredible, but but Pools was better. He just Pools was like, is, you know, he, well, he pulled the only player who rival the the players who rival Pools' first ten years are basically like Mike Trout, Willie Trout. Mays, yep. Um, Ted Williams. That's Ted Williams, but Ted Williams because he he missed those years, you know, and in, in, with the war, so that's tough. I mean, it's almost nobody, and yeah. it was everything with the young pools. And we'll do this for we'll save this for our appreciation show. But right. it was it was everything. He was a great fielder. He's a great base runner. He was a great leader. He was like the guy was everything. It's uh, it's it's really amazing. All right, uh, you know what? Here's one other thing I want to ask you. There are the Dodgers are going to end up winning what 110 games, 111 games, something like something that, like which that, which is which is insane. The Astros, who nobody is talking about, nobody, literally mm. nobody. I've not heard a single word about the Astros. 
have quietly won 101 games already. They're going to mm-hmm. end up winning 106 or 107 games. Mm-hmm. And look, they're, I think they're the best team, the American League. I don't kinda, know. I kind of do. Well, they're definitely the best team in the American League. I kind of think they, they, they might be the best team. That they're period. better than the Dodgers because, well, the Dodgers now. Dustin May is hurt again. Yes. Um. Everybody, they they lost Walker Buehler obviously for the whole year. Tony Gonsolin hasn't pitched in like a month. Yep. The Dodgers have a lot of injury. And and by the way, they just removed Craig Kimbrell as their closer. Yes, they did. Finally, they, by the way, overdue. Yeah, way overdue. They do not. They are the shakiest 110 win team <laughs> to ever enter the playoffs. And look, they you know you still bet on them obviously coming out of the National League, but but they don't have, have to. As we have said many times, they face the Mets and Scherzer and DeGrom go one game one game two yep. in L.A. Yep. There's no uh, there's no earthly reason why you would be sure that the Dodgers are getting past either the Mets or frankly the Braves. Absolutely. Although now Spencer Strider's hurt, They've, yeah. the Braves have injury problems too. They do. But full strength, the Dodger you you would bet on the Dodgers right now. I don't know that you would even be feel good about betting on them against the Mets or the Braves. And I agree. The, Look, and I the, think Cardinals the Cardinals are, are dangerous. Yes. The Cardinals, Goldschmidt, and, and, and Arenado hitting 2-3 in that lineup or whatever. Like, I, I mean, they, they're, the year that the Red Sox won 108 games in 2018, I was like, I've never, I don't, I've, I'm feeling something I've never felt before. What is it? Oh, it's confidence. <laughs> I've never, even in the years where they were great, and they ended up winning 2007, 2013. I never felt what I felt in 2018, which was like, oh, we're going to win. It's fine. Yeah, like yeah. I I took my son to Yankee playoff games at Fenway, which ordinarily I would never do because no. I'd be like, this is this the pain of this will be too great. It's not just a double down game. That's a quadruple down game of pain <laughs> if you if you but I was like, nah, it's OK. They're going to yeah, win. They're going to win. And they they lost the 19 inning game or 18 inning game, whatever it was in game three to the Dodgers. I was like, ah, that stinks, but they'll win. They'll, they'll win tomorrow. They're just better. They're better than everybody. And they and, were. and the Dodgers at full strength, you would absolutely feel that way. Yeah. I do not feel that way right now about the Dodgers. No. Well, they're just, they're, they've just been beat up all year. I mean, going all the way back. I mean, they've been beat up all year, but it doesn't, that lineup is so they're good. So deep. They also, by the way, have $43 million of Trevor Bauer, who just has never pitched for them again after that. And never will. Never will. Never will. By the and way, it's like, they're, oh, oh, well. Baseball handles things so poorly. I oh. think we can always say that, right? Everything they handle. But I'll tell you one thing. They just kind of made Trevor Bauer disappear. Like yeah. there was, there was no, it wasn't like in football where there's like with the, the whole Watson thing, like, oh, there was an investigation and a judge and a this. They just sort of like one day, They're none like, of us you don't, ever You don't get to Trevor play Bauer anymore. Again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they, they did handle one aspect of that, which I chronicled on Twitter. Um, they handled one aspect of it terribly, which was they renewed his suspension from yeah. baseball every week for like 30 weeks in a row. And it yeah. was like, guys, all you're doing is reminding everyone that this is That's out right. there. Like That's do right. it for three months and then we'll forget that it's happened. Exactly. But other exactly. than that, like they did, I mean, they, I don't, I'm not sure that, that we should be happy that um, in this case, obviously the behavior is so horrifying so and horrifying. destructive and miserable and offensive and painful and, everything else that you're like, thank God that guy was just driven out of uh, play. Well, that guy society. just has to be gone. I mean, he just but has to be gone. He was, the question he was... is, and this is what Dan Levitard asks all the time of the mothership is, are we comfortable with leagues being, making extrajudicial um, decisions like no. this? 
that's no. dicey too. Like I don't think no, we should be comfortable comfortable with the fact that that there is that they can just make a player disappear that way. That's that's a rough that's what's situation. so weird. You and I talked about that with Deshaun Watson. If the NFL had given itself the powers that it always had given itself, they would have just made him disappear for the year. That's what yeah. they would have done, and that probably would have been better for society and better mm-hmm. for everybody else. But do they have that power? You're 100 percent right. It happened to coincide with the moment where finally there was a reckoning about whether <laughs> Goodell has that much power, and right. it's like, oh no, this is the time we want him to have that much power. <laughs> That's a problem. That's a problem. But he's such a destructive jerk that you know it's like, just get him. Just go away. Just go away. Just go away. I I I I'll deal with the ethical issues of whether MLB should be able to have these kinds of superpowers later. Just get that guy away. Well, you also get, get the it. feeling that I know the players association is fighting it because they have to, but you also maybe get the feeling that all the players are like, yeah, we're fine with this. <laughs> I think this is one case where we'll just sort of like look the other yeah, way. Yeah, like they're kind of like <laughs> like waving a, their fists and going, wait, hold on, wait, stop. stop, no, don't. And stop, uh, we don't, really don't care. do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, time for one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing. It's one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing. We talk about sports and we draft things we know, like how beaches are terrible places to go. No hot fruit for Michael, no Diet Coke for Joe. The podcast was. And uh, why don't you go first? All right, I have two. Oh, nice. Um, The first one is we've been doing this, uh, we've been doing the podcast now for 28 years. That's right, 28, right? This year. And um, recently you moved into this new office, and I know people can't, this isn't good for an audio medium, but you're in this kind of, I would say, from my view, fairly generic looking office space. It's a very generic looking There's some cabinets, and there's like a, there's like thing holding pens and stuff. But over your head, over your right shoulder is a clock. Yes. And the clock is stuck on <laughs> 10 minutes after 10 a.m. That's right. And and it has been from the from the first time we did this, which That's was right. weeks and weeks and weeks ago. That's right. There is a clock over my uh, left shoulder. That's right. That is also stuck, and it's stuck <laughs> at 22 minutes after 10 a.m. And there's something very disconcerting about the fact that it feels like you and I are stuck in a liminal space in just... time. Where, where it's 12 minutes later for me than it is for you. It is, yep. But time is not passing. And I think that it's actually a good metaphor for this podcast that time doesn't move no, when, no, when time we do just, it. Time, time is frozen. Just... Everything's frozen. And we talk for way too long and it's completely meaningless. And it's always 10 minutes after 10 where you are. And it's always 22 minutes after 10 where I am. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I guess it's 22 minutes after. No, it is 22 minutes after 10. No, know. yours yeah. is 39 minutes after 10. 1039. Oh, Isn't it I'm 10 sorry. My, yes. my thing is, is Your thing is yeah, flipped. So it's, yeah, it's so in, where I In my part of my little slice of space time, it's 1039 a.m. <laughs> and in your little slice of space time, it's 1010 a.m. And it never, time does it hasn't not move moved. forward. Hasn't moved. No. And I don't know, I don't know what the reason is for you, but the reason is for me, this is a new clock that they got for me as a uh, gift to, to when I got my new office, they're like, Hey, here's a gift. And I'm supposed to get a battery to put into it. And You'll I'm never, never I'm never battery. getting that battery ever. There is <laughs> never happening. Never happening. All right. My other meaningless thing is this. 
So in the 28 years we've been doing this, we like to joke a lot about how pointless it is, yes. how no one is listening, how uh, how uh, how meaningless everything we're doing is. Literally, this segment is one last meaningless thing to endless <laughs> meaningless thing. That's right. Which is which was a sentence you accidentally said <laughs> out loud when we were wrapping up one time. So we like to we we're self-deprecating about how little this matters and how no one listens and what everything else. That's right. So I had this revelation, and the revelation is. If we have learned anything in the 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 last decade, but really since 2016, let's call it. Just I'm picking that. I'm picking out, that of, year out, out of out of nowhere, just picking that head. year. Yep. It's that you don't advance in society in terms of the structures of power and prestige and status by being self-deprecating and, and humanistic. You advance by being wildly accusatory ah. and uh, and self-aggrandizing and making statements that are quite obviously false and fly in the face of reason <laughs> and, and rational thought and just asserting that they're true. So I believe that you and I should now start referring to the podcast as America's number one sports <laughs> podcast. And we don't define what that means. We don't. We don't say we can't make a false claim because we won't no, get sued. That's so right. We can't say the most downloads or the right, biggest right, audience or right, whatever. Right. But if we just simply say America's number one <laughs> sports podcast, that's just us. That's our opinion. That's right. But, but it sounds like we're oh my America's God, number one this, sports. This podcast. is a really big deal. I got to get on board. So I think let's try this out for the next. I would say for the month of October. Yes. Let's introduce the podcast straight-facedly without any kind of backpedaling right, or anything right. else. We're going to introduce this as America's number one sports podcast, and we're not going to make any jokes or comments about how meaningless it is, how nobody listens, how right. anything like that. We're just going to state at the top, you're going to now say, and the next time we do this, you're going to say, welcome to the podcast, America's number one sports podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, and here with me is Michael Shore. Yes. And we'll just we're just going to assert that, and we're going to see what happens. I like this. Okay. I like this. How long do we get away with this? Forever. Oh, yeah. I mean, we could get away. <laughs> Look, the, again, without naming names, certain people appear to have gotten away with it forever, right? Yeah, yeah. In the world of, of the halls of power. So yes. I, we could get away with forever. I'm just curious to see what happens if we just do it for a month. I'm curious to see what happens to the listenership <laughs> and, and, uh, and, our, and the people who do listen. I'm also... Curious to see whether it maybe buoys our self-esteem a little oh, bit. Maybe we go. get maybe we get better at podcasting because we're just like this is America's number one sports we're podcast. America's this number is a one big sports deal. podcast. We have to we have to live up to that. Is what yeah. you're saying? Yeah, I think that's good. And and we go to the the overlords at Metal mm -hmm. Mark and ask for a raise when it's time to renegotiate. <laughs> we're like, I'm sorry, we're America's number one sports. podcast. Oh wait, aren't we supposed to have picked a new charity? We have picked a new charity, which you did? was going to mention. Yeah, well, we haven't picked a new new charity. We haven't even given the money to our last charity. We are okay, about so to do that. We're about to do that. So let's announce. We can announce that too, right? We can announce it right now. Great. We are giving our new. So so uh, the people who listen to America's number one sports podcast know that we <laughs> are. Uh, we are. We we give our money to charity with all the money we make. We give to charity, and we are giving our, our net. We the first installment we gave ten thousand dollars to the negro leagues baseball museum in kansas right. city couldn't have been more proud to do that we are now going to give our next portion ten thousand dollars to drum roll 
Well, we already said we're the next oh, one yeah, is the Veterans the Community call. Project. The Veterans Community Project. It's so exciting. Friend of the podcast, Jason Kander. Uh, this is an excellent organization <laughs> that he uh, is a f- not a founder of, but a, a works with. That's right. You can visit them at veteranscommunityproject.org. They build houses and villages uh, for veterans uh, suffering from post-traumatic stress, which Jason himself suffered from, or just veterans who have fallen on hard times in any number of different ways or need a little assistance or help. So our next chunk of money, $10,000 is going to the Veterans Community Project. And now, and then, and now we need to pick a third. We need to pick our next, our next one. And this is, this is big because it'll, it'll be right around Christmas time. So what should our next charity be? I don't know. The first two have been related to Kansas City. So Yeah, so we, <laughs> let's we move away out. from Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh let's solicit it. Let's so, we should solicit some uh viewer listener input. Why not? Want, to get people, people to, to say. Yeah, people to send so, us uh send us different uh Hit us up on Twitter at yes. Jay Poznanski or Ken Tremendous and and give us suggestions, but we need a third charity yes. now that we have officially uh, uh ended the run where the money's going to the Veterans Community Project. That's right. That check will be issued shortly, I assume. I don't know. I'll, I'm going to do it. We're going to do it right away. It will do it, it right will away. Be, it will be out. Okay. In the, so in the, the next so we need a ne- another charity uh That's right. to to give the next chunk of podcast money to. Look, this, and and we would like you to take this very seriously. Send us, you know, great charities that you thoroughly believe in. This yeah. is America's number one sports podcast. All right, we we are not in. We're not going to make this decision lightly. We're not going to make this decision lightly, and and we know that in addition to the money, it comes with the prestige of being associated with America's number one sports podcast. We should also, by the way, get a, a new logo design for the podcast that says America's number one sports podcast. <laughs> How about a new song? Do we need a new song? Oh, we might need a new we, song. We might need a new Great. song. Now, now that we are America's number one sports podcast, we should uh, yes. uh, we should get, get a song that befits our status. Um, yes, please send us your, your, uh, your suggestions for charities. Um, and uh, we will try to announce, I guess, we'll try to announce in the next podcast. Yeah, listen to the next podcast. We're going to try to announce... Who it's going to be? It's going to be great. We're going to keep doing this. So if your charity doesn't get chosen this time, it might get next time. Let's just right. send it to us. Give it to us. So. Is there? Let me ask you this off the top of your head: Is there a? Is there something called like the intentionally walk Aaron Judge every at bat for the rest of the year? <laughs> I would. I would. I would. I would say no to them. No. Right. Then I'll just give money to them. My, uh, <laughs> my coming my out of time. your pocket. That is <laughs> that is that is not podcast money. I'm not doing it. I cannot Fair. support an intentional walk organization, no matter Fair how. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair e- enough. Even even though even though they are on the the side of the angels, uh, I cannot uh, I cannot support them. All right, my one last minute. This thing very quickly. Um, I might have mentioned this before, but I want to mention it again in case I didn't. I got one of those book readers like uh like lights like the book lights but it's the one you put around your neck oh yeah i have one of those have you seen one of those have you have one one. yeah Yeah. and uh you you put them around your neck and it has two lights on each side it's like a little horseshoe shape put around your neck you turn on both lights it is the greatest it is the absolute greatest thing in the world i i mean very bright very very good very bright which is what you need i'm I'm old i need bright light on my books and and I honestly had stopped reading um, like physical books at night because I just was like, I couldn't get a lamp good enough. And it was like, this was hurting my eyes and straining and I could not see. And, and, and then I got this thing. It is, it is completely changed. It changed my life. Hot tip. Uh, so 
we uh, our dog for a while was doing this thing where she woke up in the middle of the night and had to go outside to pee. Yeah, thankfully it has stopped, but there, we don't have any uh, lights out the side of our house where we take her out. Okay, uh, to pee, and I was like, oh my god, I have a I have a <laughs> like a flashlight. So I would because it because you don't want to hold a flashlight and then you're you know it's right like, it, right. You know, so I just I would put the book light around my oh, neck, turn it on, great. go outside, and everywhere I turned, the light is was just it was like a, a miner's helmet. It was just like sh wow. shining light on. I was like, this thing can this thing get any better? It's like a, there's millions of uses. I love it. I love it. So yeah. So look, I I'm not suggesting that our next charity should be to get more book lights for people who in their need. Can we say though that the horseshoe shaped around the neck? Light is the official reader's oh, it is. light Definitely. of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is absolutely the official Great. podcast, you know. And again, as America's number one podcast, that matters. Sports you know? podcast. When, Done America's do we, number one podcast. It's when do we become number America's one... number one podcast? Well, it'll, that'll probably take another couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> but look, we don't want to make an outrageous claim. We no, can't say we're the number no. one podcast. That's yeah, absurd. That's we're the absurd. number one sports podcast. <laughs> that's not absurd at all that no. we're the number one sports podcast. No. All right. Well, as America's number one sports podcast, Mike, as always, thank you. Thanks for having me. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com